0: All right, so this morning we're going to be talking about the royal family. I don't know what comes to your mind when I say the royal family, but I suspect what comes to your mind is what comes to a lot of our minds, and that is the British royal family. Uh, We are actually not going to be talking about them, but the Church of Jesus Christ. But let me freely admit, I get really confused by American fascination with the British royal family. Uh, I know we as a culture are infatuated with so much that is true of them. And I was told uh, by members of my household this week that I am simply becoming a grumpy old man. Uh, So I admit that that is probably true. But I also don't understand how Harry and Meghan are the most influential people on earth. I will never get that. I'm fully confused. I don't get it. Who are they? What is their job? What do they do? What is their last name? I don't get it. They are confusing to me. But again this morning, we are not talking about the British royal family. We are talking about the family of God. But just as I can easily become confused with the royal family in England, I think it's possible that we can also grow confused by the family of God living inside the church of Jesus Christ. In our passage this morning as I thought and prayed about this over the past week, verses 1 and verse 16 repeat the same thing. And that is, do not lose heart. What it means there is it is easy for us, inside of this family of God, it's very easy for us to grow disinterested in what it means to be a follower of Christ and life here. Just as I can be confused by the British royal family, we can all be confused about life inside of the church. So let me ask you this question this morning. Are you ever frustrated by life inside the church of Jesus Christ? Are you ever confused about life inside of this kingdom in which we live? Even at TCPC, I think it could happen. I think it could easily happen. And Paul addresses it here. It's easy for it to happen because there are so many things going on in this world and in our life. It's easy for us to become distracted. Yet, if we lose heart and grow disinterested in the church and the person of Christ, please see that that is a tragedy because we are designed to live here inside of this family, inside the people of God, and to enjoy his goodness to us. Uh, last week, Robert preached and he began our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and he mentioned how these words, the Sermon on the Mount, sparked a revolution. And these words that were recorded in Matthew are really the uh, manifesto of Jesus, of of representing a whole new ethic, a whole new way of living. It's an upside-down kingdom and an upside-down way of life. And we'll see the particulars of that in the coming weeks. But this morning, I just want us to think momentarily about the lives of the revolutionaries, about the people of the revolution. That is, about the followers of Christ and the unique life that we live as upside-down people inside of this upside-down kingdom. And for us to see that it can often be confusing if we forget who we are and what we are about. The fact is, according to Scripture, we are now the royal family, the real royal family. We are kings and queens inside of Jesus' kingdom. And as great as this is, it is easy for us to forget our identity and grow confused by the world which surrounds us. And when that happens, we will, in fact, lose interest in life inside of Jesus' church. And if and when that happens, then you and I are simply reduced to mere people trying to cope inside of this world and find little pockets of happiness anywhere that we can, even though Jesus has so much more for us than that. I want us to see three things this morning from our passage, from 2 Corinthians 4, and a hope to combat the confusion that can exist inside of life, inside of the church. Three things for us to uh, briefly take note. First, be reminded of Jesus's pursuit of us, Jesus's purpose for us, and then lastly, Jesus's very long term plan for us. So, Jesus's pursuit. His purpose, and His long-term plan for us. And my prayer for us this week has been, may we not lose interest in our King or His work. All right, first, let's look again at Jesus' pursuit of us as His royal family members. Look back at verses 1 through 6. As we read these verses, note the beauty and the powerful means by which God has brought us into His family. How he went and pursued us. Paul's words here describe the way in which he proclaimed the news of Jesus. And thus the way in which believers believe the message of Jesus. Note the dominant issue before us and what Paul was yelling, if you will, is that there was no trick to their conversion. Paul preached a very simple and very honest message. It was very direct. It was sincere. It was a portrayal that Jesus is the centerpiece of God's glory on earth. You see, we who know Jesus and are his servants inside of the royal kingdom have one thing in common, and that is God has opened our eyes to see the truth. The whole family of Jesus, apart from the Spirit of God opening our spiritual eyes, we would still be in spiritual darkness if Jesus did not draw us to himself. Thus, we all are the recipients of a miracle of God using his word to be proclaimed and our hearts to believe the message. This message that God created us, that God formed us, that God demonstrates his love for us, that even while we are sinners, Christ died for us. This plain message is what we believe because Jesus revealed it to us. Here's where the confusion can come. And regarding our status as God's royal people, it's when we get in the way of God's word. It's when we as followers of Christ tamper with God's word and make it say something that it does not say. When the good news becomes something other than the actual promise of God to his people. Those things could be numerous. But the point Paul is making here is the simple, honest declaration. God made us. We are sinners. Christ died for us. And Christ is coming back for us. That is the simple, honest message. Our hearts have received the light of the kingdom of God in the face Of Jesus Christ and no other. Many of you all were around uh, when our former senior pastor, John Sartell, was here. It's been 10 years ago, which is hard to believe. But if you remember John's preaching, John had maybe the most powerful voice in the history of communication. John did not need a microphone at all. It did not matter how large the auditorium was, John could speak in such a way that you could hear him from a long way away. But yet, every single time John preached, he probably did it again this morning in Memphis, he prayed the exact same prayer, and it was this. Lord, I cannot change a single heart here today. Only you can do that. You see, the reality is John had enough communication gifts. If he could manipulate someone, he might have wanted to do that. But in a spiritual world, he can't. It's only the Holy Spirit who can do it. So you see this morning, you are a miracle. Because God has opened your eyes if you are a believer. Jesus had to be the one to give you a new heart. He had to be the one to show you himself and his love for you. Jesus had to take you from darkness to light. Jesus had to give you a whole new set of desires. The point I'm trying to make in is this. If you believe then you are the recipient of a miracle. Look at how special you are. Inside of this royal family, you really are royal. Look at what has happened to you. You were in darkness, now you're in light. Stop there for just a moment, and in your heart celebrate that God has opened your eyes to see the truth of Jesus. Jesus. That's how much He loves you. This is a mystery, and I cannot fully explain it all. But if you believe, that means God wants you. God came for you. God is crazy about you. God loves you. Here's the point. I could preach the most boring sermon ever. Really, I could. But God could take His Word, and with the power of His Spirit, open the eyes of anyone. That is what God does. In your confusion, in your frustration, remember this. You're the recipient of a miracle if you're inside the family of God. Don't lose heart in living for Christ. Jesus has opened your eyes to him, the king. He pursued you. He loved you. Now, secondly, how not to lose heart. Look at verses 7 through 15. and Notice Jesus' purpose for you, for us as his family members. This is the second way that we, we should not lose heart and quit in our confusion and frustration. As royal family members, you need to know that you have a very, very, very high calling and a significant responsibility. Yet, this calling, this responsibility, this purpose comes with a twist. And if you don't see this, you will miss all things of Christianity. Just like the ethic of the kingdom is unique, so is his purposes for us. Notice the irony that takes place inside of these verses. Again, if we miss it, our confusion will continue. Look at verse 15. Notice the purpose of this royal family, of what takes place inside of this. That is, God's grace flows to us and then out of us to more and more people. More and more lives are influenced by Christ by his people. That's the principle. So this revolutionary message of the king flows out of the people who believe the message of the king. The royal people carry the royal message. Perhaps you hear this and you think, well, that's kind of an honor, right? Like I'm sort of a diplomat. This is kind of adventurous. If you've never heard this before, you need to understand you're exactly right. Our purpose in this life as we bring honor and glory to the king, is to be the messengers of the cross. And it is the greatest honor. But please see the irony here. Look in verse 8 and see what was true of Paul's life as he brought the message. His life was marked with affliction. He was perplexed. He was persecuted and he was struck down. Not only that, he says, as Christians, we carry the death of Jesus with us. Verse 12, the death of Jesus is always at work inside of us. Do you see what's happening? Verse 11, the glory of the life of Jesus flows out of us as we are living in the middle of things like various afflictions perplexing problems, persecution of our faith, being struck down, perhaps even by family and friends. You see, our physical bodies are and will continue to fall apart. Our mortal lives will continue to decline, and simultaneously, the one who lives inside of us will not fall apart. And our lives, the theme will then be the person of Christ. So please see this morning and set your expectations aright. Our perfect lives, our perfect families, our perfect jobs, our our perfect homes, none of those actually exist. You know that, right? Rather, it's in our weaknesses that Christ's strength is revealed. God's purpose for us is that through our struggles, he is revealed as the one who does not struggle. He is strong when we are weak. So the problems that you face today do not mean that you're not involved inside of his purposes. No, rather they mean that is where his fame shines. In our personal weaknesses, Jesus' strength is revealed to the world. I don't know if there's a better illustration than to look at verse 7. You've probably heard this before, but we are the jars of clay, the clay jars, whatever your translation would say here. You need to know about these uh, jars of clay. In the ancient Near East, clay jars were used in every single household. A household could not exist without them. They were so valuable. All of the liquid, everything was used inside of them. But yet, here's what's fascinating about a clay jar in that culture. They were easy to make, and they broke easily. You put those two things together, and simultaneously you see your life. They were outrageously valuable and outrageously frail. Friends, that is the life of a follower of Jesus. Our lives are frail. We will not live forever on this earth. Our lives will have all kinds of afflictions. But look what's inside of us. The treasure to save the world lives inside of our mortal bodies. So as we decline, Christ comes out of us. As we are weak, he has revealed us strong. Don't be confused. I've wrestled with this all week. Your life is not supposed to look like the world's. Your life is to radiate Jesus' fame. His fame in the common, ordinary, day-to-day issues of life dare I say, problems of life. Do you have problems this morning? Great. You're right where you're supposed to be to be used by Jesus. If you have a category for life other than that, we will always be disappointed and confused. So what do you do with all of your problems? Consider this. You could love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You could be the salt and light in a world in which needs it. You can be peacemakers in a place of hostility. You can weep with those who weep. You can mourn with those who mourn. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus. That is how this kingdom works. It's who we are. You know, we hear stories about great church growth movements and that sort of thing. They're all fascinating. But it's never very popular when you talk about the way that our church grows is by the frailty of our bodies. But yet, that's exactly what God's word says. We would not have dreamed this up. We would not have created this strategy. But, friends, don't be confused when your life seems to not make sense. See, His grace to you will flow out of you in ways in which you never could have imagined. It does not make sense this morning that Jesus loves you, but He does. So in reality, our lives may not make sense to us, but it does not mean that he is not using us. Jesus has a purpose for you. Your problems do not eliminate you. They provide the venue for Christ to be seen, known, loved, and worshipped. We've seen the confusion is reduced by remembering Jesus' pursuit of us. Secondly, Jesus' place of purpose for us. Now lastly, be encouraged and take delight. And the very long-term plan of Jesus. Look at verses 16 through 18. And I'm going to read these words again. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us. An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So church, note this. Yes, death is at work inside of us. Yes, our bodies are failing. Yes, it is easy to give into despair. Yes, the unseen is confusing. Why? Because we can't see it. There's so much that we don't understand. But the lives of the revolutionaries are not to be understood only in the space of this time and of this life. The comparison to understand this morning is the difference between what is light here in this earth and what is heavy for all of eternity. The afflictions that we face in this life are light in comparison to how long we will live for Jesus in eternity. It's a weight of glory, and they do not compare. That is, we will live forever with Jesus apart from the afflictions of this day. So we can live with those afflictions now because we will not for all of eternity. Today is small. Eternity is long. When our frail bodies no longer live, we will receive glorified bodies at Jesus' return. And then and only then will we enjoy the final victory of our King. And we will serve. We will enjoy His victory forever. So for today... In our confusion, in our frustration, in our forgetting, let's be reminded of how long our salvation lasts. It never ends. It's for all eternity. Is that not enough for us today? Don't give up on Jesus today. His victory lasts forever. Yes, in our culture, it is not easy to accept when life does not go the way we wish it would. When life does not go as we had planned, or as life does not go as expected, it's not easy. Our expectations are for so much more than what this life can give. So now, as followers of our King Jesus, we do not lose heart because Jesus has not lost heart for us. Jesus was never confused in his mission. Jesus never gave up in what he came to do. He came for us because he loves us. He came for us because he wants us. He came for us because he cares for us. He came for us because he is going to spend eternity with us. He came to fulfill his purpose and he did it. If your faith is in Christ, all of your sin is gone, your shame is gone. You have a whole new identity. You are royal, you are special and we will live with him for all eternity. Friends, Jesus is not confused this morning. He has not lost interest in us this morning. He has not grown weary of us this morning. So therefore, let's come and feast with our Savior at his table. Let me pray and ask that he will bless us as we do. Lord Jesus, as we think of your promises to us, We are reminded of your goodness again and again and again. Lord, as we come now to this table, this sacrament table, we recognize that our hope is found in you, our hope alone is you, uh, that you are with us, that you are good to us, and your desire for us is to be with you for all of eternity. So meet with us now, I pray, as we come around your table, in Christ's name, amen.